Courtside Club is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's Rewards. Must be 21 or older. The EST, she was created in the lab. Charlotte Flair, created in the lab. In a way, Ronda Rousey, created in this lab. I've not been created in the lab. What's up, you guys? I'm Rachel Demita, and welcome to the Courtside Club. Today, I'm joined by an absolute rock star. She's a six-time women's champion in WWE, a WWE 2K cover athlete, an actor, a mother, and an all-around badass. Becky Lynch, welcome to the Courtside Club. Thank you for having me. And just, (laughs) I'll get it out of the way. You may see some random wrestlers just walking past in the background here. We're in Madison Square Garden, so it's pretty hectic today. I was going to say thank you so much for taking the time. I know that your schedule's so busy. You're preparing for SummerSlam, which is Saturday, but then what's going on there tonight? It's always a big show when we're when when we're at the garden. It's uh everybody comes out and and it's spectacular and everybody dresses up to the nines. Hence this little spacesuit <laughs> that I got going on right now. Yeah, I love it. Can you give us an outfit of the day? What are you wearing? Um, well, right now, would you like a twill? Okay. Here you go. Let's see Here it. we go. Let's look at the full outfit. Big old shoes on me. Love it. I've seen your boots so many places and they look totally fabulous on you. To be fair, they're actually a lot easier to walk in than, than one might expect. Really? Yes. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'll take that risk. <laughs> <laughs> not to look too far ahead, but I know that you are prepping for SummerSlam on Saturday. How's training going? Training's going good. Uh, mental state is 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 ready. It's fire. It's been a whole year uh, look, that 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 I've been uh, I've been working towards this in a way. You know, when I came back last SummerSlam and I beat Bianca Belair in twenty six seconds, and oh, what a beautiful moment that was! And <laughs> and I beat her again at Extreme Rules, and I beat her again at Crown Jewel, and then she kept finding her way to come back to me, and then she beat me at WrestleMania, which, by the way, I, I still think can be disputed, because she came with an army. She came with an army, and I came by myself. And then her win at Hell in a Cell, that was questionable, and so finally, 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 after a year... I've got my one-on-one rematch. I've got my one-on-one rematch. We're going to run it back. And this time I'm going to beat her in 20 seconds. 20 seconds. So you're you're, 20 seconds. you're cutting off six seconds from your record. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's how it's going to go down. I did hear you say, though, in another interview that losses are still like wins to you because you can come back stronger. Is that how you're feeling now? That is how I'm feeling now. Yes, yes, that's how I'm feeling right now. Because I come back stronger than anybody else. Anytime I get I get knocked off center, I, I rebound to to just catapult myself into a different stratosphere. That is what I've done my whole career. And let me take you back. I don't know how familiar you are, but SummerSlam 2018, I lost. I lost, but nobody remembers me losing. What they remember is me slapping the head off Charlotte Flair. That's what they remember. (laughs) And so now I've lost at WrestleMania, but that doesn't mean I'm out. No, that just means that this is going to be the culmination of my comeback story, my redemption story, which will happen on Saturday. 
You'll get your title back. I will get my title back. <laughs> Is there any little tidbit of information that people uh, should look out for? Just that I'm going to just win. win. And I'm going to win in, in, in just grand, grand fashion, grand style. But of course, we're going to seal the show. That's what we always do. We always seal the show. You, you tweeted that you're not engineered in a lab like others. No. What message were you? Did you want to get across with that? Well, you know, the EST, incredible as she is, she was created in the lab. Um, Charlotte Flair created in a lab. In a way, Ronda Rousey created in this lab. I've not been created in a lab. I came from the independent circuit. I started training at 15 years old in a little in a little gym where we didn't even have a wrestling ring. We had six mats. I, I went over to England. I was training over there. I was sleeping on the ring, sleeping under the ring, sleeping wherever I could so that I could train nine hours a day. I traveled the world. I main evented in Japan. And this was all before I turned 19. And uh, there's something that when you've gone through that, when you've uh, showed that resiliency, when you've showed that toughness, you've gone through it all. You've, been, uh, you've wrestled in front of seven people for $10 a night. There's a heart and there's a passion that you cannot get when you have been created in the lab. I want to go back to that, actually, because you your story is insane and, and how you got to, to where you are now as, on the biggest stage, the one of the biggest superstars in WWE, male or female. When did you get interested in wrestling and, and how did that come about? It's almost like I can't remember not being interested in it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just always been on TV in my house. I had an older brother, so I, I, I thank him for, for uh, giving me this love. And so, um, so I grew up, you know, watching it and wrestling on my mom's bed and, and, and dressing up in crazy outfits kind of like this that she had in her wardrobe. I don't know she had crazy outfits that looked like this. But and um uh and and, and then for, for for a small amount of time I fell out of it. You know, I thought I'd outgrown it. I thought it was for kids. And then the attitude era happened and uh I was so drawn in by Mick Foley and the way he talked and how he was um, that it just it just hooked me. It hooked me, and I would say, "Oh well, let me know when Mick Foley's on." And then and then he got me hooked, and then I would stay for you know every everybody else, and just loved it. And um and wrestling's a cool thing that when you get into it, you can't shut up about it. And and I would just want to talk about it and be immersed in it all the time. And at the time. I was uh, I was going down a weird path, you know. I wasn't. I was doing terrible in school. I was doing things that I shouldn't have been doing, and I wanted to get my life together. I wanted to get fit. And my brother found out that they were opening a wrestling school in Bray, County Wicklow, which is like about an hour away from where I lived, by WWE superstar Finn Balor, at the time, Fergal Devon. So, how old were you then? I was fifteen. Okay. But I read somewhere you were lying about your age just so you could wrestle. Yes, you had to be <laughs> 16, right? And so um, and so I went down and I was like, well, if I say that I'm 16, they might ask me for ID and then that would be embarrassing and then I, I won't be able to do it. But if I say I'm 17, they won't question a thing. So I said I was 17 so that I'd be able to to, to join. And it worked. Um, and so 
that was it. And I'd never had this love or this passion or this want to get better at anything. My brother, he's an artist. And so he was always trying to improve his art and, and, and stuff like that. And he would get into things like, like he would play music and, and he would improve. And I just never had anything like that. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, wow, this is what I want to dedicate all my time to, all my attention to. And it made everything in my life better. It made everything in my life better. It made my work, um, my schoolwork better. It made my relationships better. And I think it was, I was a real um, insecure kid and underconfident. I wouldn't even want to talk in class because I was, uh, I was so shy. And, and, and it just gave me this confidence that I hadn't had before. Um, and yeah, it really, it, it changed my life, obviously, to where I am today. Did you have a natural ability when you first started? Oh, hell no. God, <laughs> no. I was so bad. I was so bad. I was like, like one of those people that, so my, my husband, uh, Seth Rollins, he runs a wrestling school. And sometimes there's people that come to a school and, well, they don't have it. And I was one of those people. I was one of those people that I'm sure if I went to his wrestling school, like this girl ain't never gonna make it yeah and but but it was because I loved it so much that um that I was able to focus on what I I could do well Mm -hmm. and I learned how to tell a story and um and and I became more athletic you know I think when you practice something diligently and drill things over and over and over and over again and you get better. It, it doesn't matter what it is, you get better. And so, no, I was never a natural. Absolutely not. I don't think I've ever been natural at anything in my life. You know, there's those people that are just natural <laughs> yeah, at everything they everything, do in yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had to work hard for everything. It's so annoying. But here we are. Here we are. I was going to say, though, I have a very similar story because obviously my sport was basketball and I played Division One, and, and that's what a lot of people know me for. And that's what I really excelled at. But when I was 10 years old, I tried all of the sports and basketball was the one that I was the worst at. I had really? no natural ability. I was really I was a good runner. I ran track and I also played softball and I was really good in both of those. But basketball, you're right. You just I don't know what it is. You find a love for something and you just want to pursue it. And basketball was something I had to work probably 10 times harder than I would have had to if I would have picked track or, you know, another sport. But I excelled and it, you know, it kind of pays off in the end because you you feel, you know, you had that that long road to get to where you were. So and and it makes it just so much more rewarding when when you achieve anything. So I know that that you stepped away from the sport in 2006 and you were not even sure if you were going to ever get back into it. So so what happened there and and also what got you back into doing what you love? So it's kind of uh I I don't I don't know what kind of a tale it, it is. Maybe um maybe it's like the eye of the tiger, you know, you 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 change your passion for glory or something like that. But so um at 19 I was um I was wrestling all over the world. I was making a big name for myself on the independent circuit and was signed to a huge advertising agency in, um, in Japan who really wanted to push me as, you know, the Sharapova of wrestling. And, um, and at the time my visa ran out from Canada and I had to come back to Ireland and I was trying to, to, to figure my life out and, and, 
my mom was like, well, you told me you were going to go back to college, which I did. I was lying to her. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and she was like, well, what's your plan? What's your plan? And I was like, well, I, 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 I want to continue this wrestling thing, but I don't, I don't see the vision. You know, I don't see where it's going because I loved how they wrestled in Japan and, and I loved being taken as a serious athlete. And when I looked at WWE at the time, you know, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of mud wrestling matches and pillow fights. And well, that I, I couldn't show my mom that and say, Hey, yeah, this is what I want to do. She'd be like, you're not doing that. No. And I didn't want to do that, but, but I, I needed to do something where I was still wrestling. And so, um, and, and also at the time they wouldn't have signed me. I didn't look like the models that they had under contract. And so, I started doing a bodybuilding competition because I thought, well, maybe if I, maybe if I look like these girls, then I'll have a chance of, of getting signed and, and maybe I'll be able to change it. And so I started doing this bodybuilding competition and I know there's a lot of people that do bodybuilding and they do great. For me, it was just, um, it was a slippery slope right into an eating disorder, um, and really ruined my, um, my mental health for a long time and I became depressed and I couldn't train as well. And then I ended up getting hurt in a match and, uh, and a bunch of different things were happening at the time. And it's a, it's a real complex convoluted story. Um, where, where essentially then I ended up, um, trying to get a plan B and I was going to move to Orlando to do a personal training course and be closer to the scene. But on my way to Orlando, I was like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have any guidance. I don't know where I'm going. And, and I, I just, I just right there mentally quit. And then I, I couldn't face up to it. I was so ashamed that I had turned into this dark person in my head, you know, that I had hit this, this low point in this depression and I couldn't identify with myself because I'd identified myself with being this great wrestler. Um, and so then I just, I spent, I spent so many years just trying to find who I was and what, you know, what, what lit that fire in me again. And so I came back and I was a, I was a personal trainer. I did my personal training, training diploma. I became a flight attendant. I, um, taught Pilates. I, taught English as a foreign language. I went to Thailand and did yoga and did <laughs> Muay Thai and was just uh, right. scuba diving. And then I realized, you know, that the thing that I loved was performing and connecting with an audience. So I went back to college and I did acting. Can I ask you a quick question? During this time yeah. when you're trying all these different things, were you involved in wrestling at all or, or still watching it? Or did, was it a clean break? So some sometimes it was too painful for me to watch. Actually, most of the time it was too painful yeah. for me to watch because there was people that I knew that were in WWE at the time, like, you know, Seamus or Natalia or Tyson Kidd, all these people that I was friends with that I traveled on the road with and they were doing the thing that I wanted to do, but I didn't have the the mental capacity to do at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, And, but it was always in the back of my mind, like I've always kept journals. So 
those journals look like the rantings of a mad woman because I was like, I feel like I have unfinished business to do, but I don't know how to do it and I gotta let right. it go. And I would go see um, I would go see counselors and stuff and guidance counselors. They're like, look, I was good at this thing and I, and I loved this thing. And they were like, okay, well, but you can't do this thing anymore. So what else are you gonna do? And it felt like a death that I was kind of trying to grieve. And I know that's very um, morbid and, and it's, it's a dramatic statement a but that's how it percent, felt though yeah and, and and not even to make it about myself but I relate so much because when I stepped away from basketball I had four years where I didn't play the sport I didn't watch the sport I couldn't do anything because like you said it was like a heartbreak that I was trying to mend and in the same vein was trying to figure out who Rachel is aside from being basketball player, Rachel, because that's all I knew who I was, you know? So I, I can, you say grieving, it is a grieving process when you're in that time. And, and, and I found a way to love basketball in a different way now doing, you know, a show like this and just kind of being in the media space because I knew I didn't want to play anymore, but you still had that fire to go out and perform in your sport again. Yeah, and 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 it was, you know, the the goals that I want to main event WrestleMania one day and I want to <laughs> want to change the way women are perceived in the sport. All of these things and and also I felt like it afforded me a life. And I know it was, I was so young and it was in a different space, but it really changed my life and it changed my perspective and um and and to feel like you've been given a gift even if I didn't have a natural gift, there was something about it that I loved and it gave me a passion. And I'd thrown that away and I felt uh, there was there was a lot of guilt about that. And um, and, and I, so then anyway, I went and I studied acting, completed my degree, and then I was looking for acting work and I got a role on the Vikings as a stunt woman. But I didn't know how to do stunts. And so uh, I was like, well, I knew how to wrestle. And if I can apply my wrestling knowledge to stunts, nobody would be any the wiser. And so when I went down to the school, the guy who was teaching the class, Joe Cabray, had just been signed. And he was like, would you ever go for a tryout? Because I think you'd get it. And when he said that, it was like, it was like after six, seven years of trying to push uh, a boulder up the hill, it was like suddenly I like hopped on the boulder and it just freaking rolled up the hill yeah. itself, you know? It was um, it was just this feeling of, yes, that is what I'm meant to do. That's where I'm meant to be. And then I went for the tryout and I got signed. But the whole time I was there, I felt like the prodigal son. Uh, like I was like, I'm the one that stepped away yeah. that did all this other stuff, squandered my talent and still somehow got back and, and was able to be in the mix. And so it took a long time before I felt confident enough to do anything or say anything. Do you remember what it was like that first day back when you got signed or, or what it felt like when, when you got that call? When I got that call, oh my gosh, I was uh, I was on, on my way to the gym and I was driving and I pulled over and I was, I was just like bopping in my car <laughs> and like crying. And then I got to the gym and I told the guy who was working there. I was like, but you can't tell anybody. But then like, I couldn't work out. I, I couldn't work out because I couldn't focus on like, ooh, let me feel the burn. I was just, I just wanted to run around in circles. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I remember that. I remember that very well. That's very so well. cool. And then obviously all that you've done now, and you, and you said that you wanted to, to be the one to really help with women, the women's aspect of WWE and you were part of the women's revolution. 
also headlined, right? What, that was one of your goals as well. Yeah, to main event WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, I got to be the first one to win the main event WrestleMania. Yeah. You get signed again. You've been away from the sport for a long time. How do you go from that to being where you are now? The superstar of Becky Lynch and essentially changing the game for all women in the sport. I didn't might you know, I don't know if my grandma's up there and she put in a call <laughs> to Jesus himself and was like, hey, look after this young one, because it's sheer luck and blessing um, and a lot of hard work and a lot yeah. of dedication. But um, but I really do feel because when I when I look back and I think about being the prodigal son and the amount of guilt I feel for um, I, I felt for stepping away and then being able to be in the position that I am and then. By the way, when I debuted on NXTV, it was one of the most shameful debuts in wrestling history. I came out doing an Irish jig, but God, I was just so glad that I was able to be on TV. (laughs) And so, you know, really what it was, was was work and, and, and being able to connect with the crowd. Because no matter what, and no matter how awful I was, I was awful. I think there's this intangible thing that the audience feel when they know that you love this business and they rally behind that and they 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 push you forward and that's what the audience did for me um it didn't matter what role i was in what space i was in they really got behind me and and catapulted me to the top and so there's there's many different steps that happened all along the way that i could give credit to but um but right now I'm going to give a lot of credit to the audience because yeah, without them, well, without them, we wouldn't be doing this, but without them, I wouldn't be anywhere. Yeah. I love that. On the courtside club. We do like to take a halftime break. I would like to get more into your story, but I have a quick game for you if you're down. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. So I'm not sure if you've seen it on social media, but there's this thing going around where it's like, he's a 10, but and then somebody says what it is, and then you give the final rating. So I have a few of these for you, and I would like you to give me the final rating. I often take hiatuses from social media. I'll go on and post, but I, I try not to scroll too much. So so, uh-huh. so let me know. Let me know what's hip with the kids, right? What's hip with the kids? I'm putting you on game right now. <laughs> so he's a 10, but he has salami breath. What, yeah, what's so the final rating? I'm, is I'm he gonna... still a 10? Well, that's up to you to decide. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm going to give you what the the caveat is, I guess, of of these traits. So, I'll, I'll give you. I'll start with an easy one. Okay. Okay. He's a ten, but he doesn't watch WWE. Zero. <laughs> we'll take it. Okay. He's a ten, but his favorite wrestler is Bianca Belair. I'll give him a five. I'll give him a five. Because she has her cool elements, you know? I don't like them, but other people do. So better than not watching the sport in general. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> exactly. He supports the product, even if he likes Bianca Belair. Okay. All right. He's a 10, but he's scared of clowns. I, I, can, re- I, I can understand that. Uh, I'll give him a 7. Seven. But I thought you like clowns, do you not? I studied the art of clowns. Okay. Which does not mean that I'm a big Pennywise fan. Pennywise still freaks the Jesus out of me. Okay. We just had an an AJ Styles sighting. But anyway, go on. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, anybody can pop in at any time and just wait. <laughs> okay. Next up, he's a 10, but he doesn't like Pearl Jam. What's wrong with him? What's wrong I with know. him? He's also a zero. Zero. <laughs> zero. zero that man. Zero I'll that man. It. No taste in music. <laughs> he's a 10, but he reads your journal when you're not around. Oh, zero that man. No, no, no. Zero. 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 That's like, that's invading. That's that's my, that's my head. That's my mind. That's my heart. Can't go in there. <laughs> How many journals do you think you've had over your life? Because you've been journaling for a long time. Since I was like five. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Probably hundreds. Hundreds. Probably but 800. We won't, but we won't read them. No. <laughs> I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book. You can read my book. Okay, we'll wait for that. <laughs> He's a 10, but he thinks your accent is British. Oh, no. Don't insult me like that. Come on now. Uh, we'll give him. We'll give him a. We'll give him a three. I'll give him a three. Three. Okay. And my last one. He's a ten, but he has a terrible finishing move. You know what? He can be a ten because then I can beat him. Yeah. Okay. We'll take that. Yeah. Then I'm always the winner. That's great. Who has the best finishing move in WWE history, in your opinion? I mean, gosh. Well, I mean, I could say I could say two people. I could say The Rock because I robbed his, um, and then and then I'll say Stone Cold Steve Austin just because it's uh, it's so iconic. Two icons for sure. Yeah. Perfect. Well, you did great with our social media game. I love it. Thank you. I'm <laughs> hip with the kids. Cool. It's time for the second half. All right, people, we're brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. See, it's not just about the daily promos, odd boosts, or the hundreds of ways to wager. It's about the immortal words of Caesar himself. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Every bet you place on the app, no matter the outcome, earns towards exclusive perks at Caesar's rewards destinations everywhere. Hotel stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. Download the Caesar Caesars Sportsbook app, become a Caesars Rewards member today and get more with every wager. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. I want to get back to um, SummerSlam a little bit because there are some other great matchups. Is there anybody else besides yours that you're excited to see? Oh, well, most certainly Seth Rollins versus Matt Riddle or Riddle. You just call him Riddle. Now. Um, yes, of course. Um, I think it's a great card so far. Um, you've got Liv Morgan versus Ronnie. Can little Liv pull it out of the bag? My money's on her. My money is on her. Don't like Ronnie. Don't like Ronnie. Can't say I love Liv, but, you know, I knew she had a lot of potential. Told her she was going to be a champion. <laughs> But I think the match I'm looking forward to most other than mine is is Seth Rollins versus Riddle. I was going to ask, what is your household like? Is it just the most insane competitiveness between the two of you when you're at home? Or do you kind of turn it off? Well, one time I beat him in a workout and he didn't talk to me for like three days. So <laughs> maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it's a little competitive. So just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little, but I think, I think it's calmed down because I don't beat him in workouts as much anymore. So he took that L and he's like, okay, never again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. But also then I had a baby. So I've got an, I've got an excuse, you know? Okay. We'll take that. 
So Logan and Jake Paul have taken the combat sports world by storm in the last few years. Were you impressed by Logan's debut? And have you talked to him? Have you given him any advice going into his second match? I haven't given him any advice. I have talked to him and he's a, he's a real nice kid. Um, and I can say kid cause I thought he was my age, but he's not, he's real young. Um, and, uh, this is a hard industry. It is a tough industry and, and I've got respect to anybody who comes in, who takes a bump, um, who tries to be good at it. And, and he's shown that he's extremely athletic and he's great at talking and at connecting with the audience. And his, uh, his match at WrestleMania was the match right before mine. And, you know, with, with celebrities, you never know what you're going to get, you know, if they're, if they're going to be good. But he was great. He was really great. And so I was standing back there going, oh, wow, we've got, we've got a tough act to follow. And, of course, we followed it and we stole the show. But, <laughs> but, yeah, he set, he set the groundwork. Yeah, so, so you're looking forward to seeing, I guess, what he can do next yeah absolutely absolutely i mean now if you're starting to to run this business the way that we do you gotta you gotta you gotta be on the road 300 days a year taking uh doing shows four days a week that's what we do that's what the real greats do so um he's got a lot he's got a lot of work to catch up on but so far he's doing great yeah you do all that on top of being a mother now first of all congratulations Thank you. And, and how has that kind of changed your your day to day? Um. Well, I don't have any free time, so there's <laughs> that. And um. And and uh, like I said, I'm trying to write this book, so I'm trying to write books during nap times and whatnot. Um. And working out can be tricky, uh, but I suppose it helps you with time management. And so I think I've gotten much better time management. And she's just the best, though. She is the best we bring her everywhere and so she's constantly on different time zones and our schedule is wild yeah. but she just she goes with the flow like an absolute champ and uh and and it really i i think it just it brings it first of all she just brought so much love into my life just so much love she's just amazing and looking at her and and thinking how perfect she is right like how perfect i think she is and how powerful she is, you know, like she's got us all wrapped around her little finger and she's not even two. And I think that we get so confused by the messages that we're constantly given, you know, that we, that we have to do more, that we have to be more, that we have to look a certain way. And I look at this little baby and I'm like, you're already so perfect and you, you could do whatever you want. And I think looking at her and realizing that that's really helped with my own perspective of how I view life but also when I'm at work then it's my me time right like it's 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 this thing that I love that I'm so passionate about that I had the privilege to go and do and I can put all of my focus and all of my attention into this and then when I go home then it's all of my focus and all of my attention onto this perfect little angel and also I think it's helped me be more creative somehow in that I think a little bit in letting go somewhat from from the stranglehold that I, I felt like I, I had to have on the business at all times to letting myself enjoy enjoy this tiny little per person has allowed me to think of more things and be more creative because my mind isn't as rigid right if that makes any sense at all 
No, it doesn't affect in a sense too, because it's given you more life experience that you yeah. you couldn't have had more emotions that that you're you're feeling now. Probably more purpose than a lot of the things that you do, also. And and it's funny because there's been a lot of professional athletes, female athletes, who have come out recently and just and just talked about what it's like to be a mother at, at the highest level, also in in sports. Like Allison Felix is one of them. Serena is one of them. Is there anything that you think that the sports and the brands in general could to could do better to help support these mothers? I don't know. Um, I don't know because I feel very I feel very supported in WWE. Um, I felt no pressure to come back um, before I was ready, and I, and I was ready for a lot longer than um, they asked me to come back even, and so. Yeah. Um, and, and so they're very, they're very understanding when, you know, I need extra things, whether it be a room at a particular building for my baby or, um, and we have the, the privilege of having a bus, um, which helps an awful lot and actually makes her sleep a lot better because of the rumbling. So, <laughs> so, so, so for me. I feel very supported and I feel very privileged that I'm in the yeah. position that I am, that I can balance the two quite handily. I mean, traveling every week with, with a, with a, with a toddler is, can get a bit tough, but, but like I said, she's great. She's great. I love hearing that too, because that, that makes you also more excited to, to go back to work because you know that they have your back in whatever you need. Yes, Absolutely. Ronda Rousey is another mother in WWE. Sure. <laughs> we can respect her for that, but but, we can, but not. We can. <laughs> How have you um, felt about her performances lately after transitioning back the last couple of years from UFC back to WWE? Um, I think she doesn't respect it as much as she should. I mean, she's gone off on tangents, um, disrespecting the sport that I've given my life to, that I love, that I obsess about. And both of us have come back from um, having a child and one has come back better than ever and one has not. I am the one who's come back better than ever. And I think that you need that respect for this business, that obsession for this business um, to be able to do that. I don't, I don't think that she um, puts as much work in. She doesn't put as much work in as I do do and and it shows well you've been a testament to hard work is is what creates your success so i think anybody would be smart enough to follow in those footsteps thank you <laughs> we are reaching the end of the game so i have some buzzer beaters for you before we go let's go Okay. What is a buzzer beater, though? Actually, sorry. So this is also a, a little bit of like a nod to basketball at the end of the game. The buzzer beater to win the game, and we are all about winning on the courtside club. Hell yeah, me too. <laughs> all right, let's beat those buzzers. Okay, what is your ideal courtside fit? This. I'll take it. You have to have the boots. Exactly. No matter what you're wearing, the boots have to be there. Thank you, boots. Who is one person, dead or alive, that you would love to sit courtside with? Eddie Vedder. What event would you guys be at? Um, uh, the Cubs. The Cubs. He's a big, okay. he's a big Cubs fan. Okay. Yeah. We'll go to a Cubs game. The Cubs versus the Cardinals, because my husband's a Cardinals fan. 
Okay. <laughs> and last one, what is one event in history that you would have loved to have been courtside for? WrestleMania one. Oh, wow. What year was that? Do you even know? Uh, 1985. Nice. I believe. Yeah. That would have been sick. Becky, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on Courtside Club today. Good luck tonight at MSG. We will all be watching you on Saturday at SummerSlam. Before I let you go, let everybody know where they can find you on socials. Uh, on at Becky Lynch WWE. That is Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much, Becky. Thank I you. I appreciate for having it. Me. Yeah. Good luck. Tell everybody else at MSG we said what's up. I will. Everybody. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you.